Hello. Uh, today we're going to be talking about entertainment, uh, the business of entertainment anyway. And uh, if you have any questions, uh, type your questions in the chat screen and I'll try to answer everybody's uh I'll try to answer everybody's questions. If you want to be recognized by name, uh, type two asterisks before your name, and I'll try to recognize your name. There's a lot of news in the entertainment business uh, of this week. Uh, it's seemingly weird news for somebody that uh, has been advocating what I've been advocating for years. Uh, first of all, the, uh, the the prices for television advertising for the uh, is going to go up uh, way more than the the cost of living. Uh, the up what they call the upfront sales, which are the uh, the sales that the the networks try to make, uh, content providers try to make upfront for the new season, and so the people that uh, the companies that are buying a package deal uh, of 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 ads that they're going to put in the the fall shows, uh, those upfront sales are very strong. At the same time, uh, the, the the people that have been challenging. Uh, the television as the main entertainment device for uh, for us here in in the United States and around the world. Uh, companies like Netflix have been taking it on the chin. Uh, the The price of Netflix stock was was in the three hundreds uh, back before the huge fiasco they had, where they tried to make everybody buy two subscriptions. They tried to decouple their traditional DVD. Uh, rental business from the streaming business and then they wanted to require everybody to have two separate accounts and pay two separate fees and of course there was a big uh, pushback against that and they became very unpopular. Uh, the price of Netflix stock they announced uh, pretty decent earnings although they lost money it was a much narrower loss than everybody expected uh, but then almost as soon as they made the announcement, the stock started dropping, and the stock dropped 14% in one day, and then has continued to slide since then. Uh, a company like, like Netflix is, was the vanguard of, uh, you know, they put Blockbuster out of business. They were the one of the, the new innovative companies that was going to change the way that we do content. Uh, they were going to, you know, make us uh, use computers and other devices, uh, mobile devices, our phones and computers to, to receive entertainment rather than the kind of old passive way of sitting there and watching the television. Now, I, I've been telling my students for years that I, I don't understand how the television model keeps going the way it is because nobody's watching television the way that they used to. First of all, people are watching much less TV, and in particular, they're watching much less network TV. I was looking at the Nielsen ratings for the, the last week, and the top-rated show had a rating of 11. Uh, back in the 50s, uh, the top-rated show would have had, a, would have had a, a, a rating in the 60s. And even in the 60s, and then if you move to the 60s, uh, several of the top-rated shows had, had ratings in the top 40s and 50s. And, he, and, and even 20 years later, the top shows were routinely in the high 30s, uh, close to 40 sometimes. So you're now in a situation where, where the, the top-rated show on television gets a third of the ratings that they got before the Internet revolution. And then that, and the other thing about those ratings is that it also includes that the the ratings that that are that are listed also includes same day DVR viewing. 
so that the Nielsen has a way to, to tell if you either watched the show or at least you watched it on same-day DVR, which is not the same thing from an advertiser's perspective because people can fast-forward through the advertisements. The thing I'm wondering is, who is paying all this money for these ads? How can the prices of traditional television advertising be going up for shows be going up when viewership is down and in particular the way people do television instead of watch television do television is so much different than it used to be uh i think you know i asked my students about this uh if you uh, those of you who are female you you probably you may be a channel flicker yourself uh males routinely uh flip the channel while they watch television even females do not passively sit there and watch the ads. The, the question I have is, okay, if, even if people are watching television, are they watching the ads? If they are watching the ads, or even if they're not flipping around and changing stations when the ads come on, are they really perceiving the ads in the way that they used that people used to perceive the ads because it's so common now for people to do several things at the same time and people to, to mess around on a computer to do work at the same time they're watching television the ads come on they get distracted so we live in a in an age of hyperactivity I, I you know I think maybe uh, when when you go 50 60 years from now and they say okay, what's different about this age from the previous age, it's not that the millennium changed or it's not, you know, these other kind of uh, Generation X or Generation Ys. They're going to call this the hyper age because people are much more hyper in their behavior. They're more likely to do several things at the same time. They're much less likely to engage a lot of intention, uh, to give a lot of attention to something as passive as, as a television and particularly a television ad. And so it, it, it boggles my mind that I, I just think that uh, why the demand for television ads is so strong when all the indicators and all the experts are saying you need to do something else. Uh, maybe it's a move to social media. Uh, maybe it's a move to search engine marketing. Some other type of uh, Facebook and Twitter and, and social media and things like that. Uh, maybe you need to get involved in, in doing other things. Uh, you know, setting up forums and interacting and with uh, your customers wherever they do peer-to-peer and trying to have a presence in, in that type of arena. This, so the, the whole age is changing. I really do feel, and I have told my students this in class for several years, that the traditional television advertisement model is not going to work in the future, and I don't know who's going to break it first. But here's my prediction. I'm going to go out on a limb here and make a prediction. And I'm somebody... I don't know which network it's going to be. They're going to have a show that they're going to come up with, and they're going to go commercial-free. And they're going to embed the ads and the products in the show. And they're, So they're going to put, even if they have to stop make an obvious move to the product, make a pitch for the product right in the middle of the dialogue in the show set the product down, and go back to the storyline uh, or the comedy or whatever it is. So it's, I really believe that somebody's going to do that. They're going to say, okay, we can't hold an audience 
by having 22 minutes of entertainment, uh, 44 minutes an hour, or 42 to 44 minutes an hour of entertainment, and another 16 to 18 minutes an hour of commercials, we can't hold our audience that way. No matter how well we tease or how well we try to draw people to hang with us through the commercials, they're going to flip the channel. And they're going to change it. They're going to walk up. They're going to go do something else. So if we want to keep people watching the television set, we got to stop with the commercial breaks because we're just driving all our customers away. Now, uh, the, the television networks, as long as advertisers are willing to pay money uh, to put ads on that nobody's watching, uh, maybe, these are, maybe, these, uh, maybe it's not going to change. Uh, one of the things you are seeing is on television are more and more ads for older people. It used to be that the demo was so important. The, the demo is, stands for demographic group, and the, you hear different ages, uh, but usually around 18 to 35 was the typical group that all the advertisers wanted to attract. And one of the reasons for that was that older people were kind of set in their ways, when it talks, you're talking about consumer packaged goods, like what kind of laundry detergent, dish soap, what kind of soft drinks, and what kind of beer people drink, and things like that. There's not a lot of change uh, once you get to a certain age. You're kind of stuck. So they like the young people because their 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 habits aren't set yet, and it's much easier. You get a the the uh, the response, the elasticity of demand with respect to advertising expenditures was much better for young people than it was for older people. And so everybody wanted the demo group. That's one of the reasons that David Letterman, everybody's always courting David Letterman on late night, even though Leno has a higher ratings, has had always had higher ratings because David Letterman has higher ratings in the demo group. Uh, so the everybody's been was after them. And you see now more advertised for older people. One of the reasons for that is that younger people, particularly younger males, first of all, they aren't watching as much television. And when they do watch television, they're, they're not watching television, they're doing television. And the way they do television is they sit there, something comes on, they flip the channel. Maybe they get back to what they were watching. I don't know, whatever Swamp Logger or whatever the, uh, the Deadliest Catch and the other shows that, uh, that the young males like to watch. They, they, you know, they see in any given night, and I've watched my son-in-law do this, and he you know, watches little snatches three or four minutes of this show, five minutes of this show, commercial hits, he's on to something else. Now, he may get back to that show, but chances are he misses about half of it. And then, of course, one of the things is that it doesn't get stale, so they, they show these uh, reruns over and over again, and uh, he never seems to realize that, you know, whether it's a rerun, he's just flipping channels from this uh, uh, Pawn Star to uh, uh, Deadliest Catch to Swamp Logger and these other shows, always flipping the channel. I Who's paying for the ads for him to watch those shows? Because he's not watching the ads. And I, I and that's true of young males in general. I think the, it's one of the reasons that you see uh, the, the, the Pac-10 just got uh, a huge television deal uh, where they're, 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 I don't know, the, the average school is getting upwards of $20 million. Uh, the, the Big 12, which is actually like the Big 9 now, uh, the, the anchored by the University of Texas. They just got a huge new deal. The SEC has a deal that, that makes it the richest conference in the, in the country. One of the reasons for that is that sports is one of the few things that, peop, that the young males do watch. NFL, college sports, those kinds of few things that young males do watch and don't flip the channel. They, they do actually sit there and watch the shows and don't necessarily flip the channel to 15 different shows uh, every hour. So the question is, 
Uh, yeah, he's watching 40 channels. Is that Tanya says one of the, the people here said that uh, the he, in quotes, is watching 40 channels at the same time flipping. And that's about right. That's about the way I've, I've you know, seen my son-in-law do things, is that he's got a bunch of these different channels that he, that he watches. And when people do that, the question then is the, the deal, the compact we have with, the, with the, the companies that provide all this free content is that we watch their shows, they produce these shows, spend all this money, and we sit there and watch the commercials. Well, if we're not wondering who the, uh, you know, if we're not watching the, the television, why are people willing to pay more ads? Why are the upfronts for the fall? I think one of the problems we have in the United States, and this is a big deal with our competitiveness going forward, is that we have a lot of older, gray-haired people running businesses. And they don't get, they, you know, just keep doing things the way that they've been doing. They're scared of all this new media. They, they, they you know, they branded and they have built their brand by television advertising. And they don't really realize it's not working. I think somebody needs to stop and tell them. They, in their minds, they know that it doesn't work the well, as well as it used to. Television advertising doesn't work as well as used to. Uh, young people don't read newspapers. Uh, most young students do not get the newspaper anymore. So advertisements that target them in the newspaper are, are not going to be as effective. The people who do sit there and watch without flipping the channel are older people. It's one of the reasons you see so many commercials. Uh, you watch, uh, get caught somewhere watching Fox News like I was the other the other day, and uh, it, you get you, you see uh, uh, every ad is for you know impotence or losing your hair or or some other type of ad for old people, uh, and and you'll you know for that type of thing I can see it if you've got if your target market are people of fifties and sixties who sit there and watch and don't flip the channel as much. But for people that are targeting the demo group, young people, y'all's age, the college students that at uh, ETSU and other places, I, I don't understand how you can be successful just using television or primarily using television in branding your product. It just doesn't make sense to me because they just don't watch enough television. And when they do, they're not paying attention. So what I think is going to happen is that somebody's going to say, okay, if I'm going to get people to watch my show and not flip the channel, i got to do away with the commercial breaks. And i got to figure out a way, if I've got to write in the product, if I've got to make it really stupid, you know, if I've got to, like, stop and, God, I sure do love this Roadrunner. I sure do love going to, to the Minute Market and getting a Roadrunner drink. Or I sure do pretend this is a a branded beer beverage. I sure do love this branded beverage of beer. Uh, it comes in a bottle and it's really great. Uh, right in the middle of the show. Right in the middle of the show. And I, I you know, maybe they're going to do that. Uh, maybe they need to do that. They need to, I guess, as long as people are willing to pay outrageous amounts of money to advertise to people who aren't watching, maybe that, that won't happen. As I've been predicting, this is going to happen for, for, for five or six years. My students, I've got only people I've got proof of saying that is, uh, are, are my students. But I think somebody's going to break the mold, and they're going to go, and they're going to say, okay, we're not going to have ads. We're going to try to keep the audience, and it may be they try it on a Tuesday night or a Monday night or whatever the weakest night of the week is. And a Friday night, actually, is a very weak night for the demo group. Uh, none of our marketing works, man, he says. Yeah, I, some marketing works. I mean, Google's very good at what they do. Uh, I, you know, send an email out about topic X, uh, on Gmail, and next thing I know, I've got these advertisements on the side about Topic X. 
I don't know, they know too much about me. And uh, so they do pretty good with that. Uh, Facebook is very good at, at developing targeted ads, uh, things that go right to people. And I know some of the big advertisers, I know Samsung is going to spend about, they're going to, they're still going to advertise on television, but they're going to change and they're going to make, they're going to spend a, a considerable percentage of their budget. And I want to say 30% is what I saw. They're going to shift 30% from television to social media. And uh, I guess Facebook, Twitter, and other types of social media. And that's what they're going to, you know, they're going to, so they're going to switch for that. I think at some point, it's going to take somebody, the gray hairs, that run a lot of the, the, the companies in the world, they're going to have to say, look, wait a minute, maybe this isn't working. And another problem is that we have such a, a hard time determining the relationship between advertising here and sales here. Uh, if we, if, if, you know, if an advertisement occurs today for, say, Helms Pest Control. Now, I may not have a tr problem with pest for six months, but if I do, all of a sudden, you know, my wife sees uh, roaches in the house and uh, she goes crazy and she says, you know, you got to call the pest control people right now and do something about it right now today. Uh, there'll be no fishing. There'll be no other types of fun male activities until the roaches are gone and uh, lays down the law that way. And I'm liable to call Helmer Orkin. Because and I may not have seen an ad for for six months. Oftentimes we watch an ad for beer, soft drinks, and other things. We go in the store a, a week later. There may have been a hundred different things that have happened. Uh, typical student, for example, they may have broken up with with one boyfriend, met another one, broken up with him, gone back to the old boyfriend. Uh, you know, fifty thousand different things happen in their life. Uh, been fired from one job, get another job. Uh, all that happened in the course of a week, and then from the time that they saw the ad to uh, to when they go to the store, all these things happen. But still, the ad is there in their mind, and there's a reason why for a, a generic product like Budweiser, I mean, a bike beer, that Budweiser is the king of beers. And I know I, I and I don't know if this is true, but I used to have a student that worked for the local distributor here, and he told me that they have a higher than. Uh, uh, a higher than than 50% market share. Now, one company, when there's hundreds of companies that make beer, there's one company that has more than 50% market share. One company, more than 50% market share, and a product that's very generic, and they don't have the best beer. Nobody thinks they have the best beer. But, but they're still the king of beers. And they advertise. Now, I think that they actually, over the many years that Anheuser-Busch was an American company, they spent too much money. But I have no proof of that. And actually, you could, you could set the smartest minds in the world to argue, is it smart to advertise or is it dumb to advertise? Did, did Anheuser-Busch advertise too much, not enough, Should the right amount? And, and, and nobody could prove. Like we could all postulate about it, but there's no proof. Of anything other than that, they are the, they spent a huge amount of money on advertising their king of beers. Now, Imbev, now you know Anheuser Busch and Budweiser is no longer an American company. It's owned by a Dutch, a Belgian company called Imbev. Imbev, I believe, has been spending quite a bit less money. I know they spent a lot less money on the Super Bowl and other things. So there's a, a, a there's a several questions uh, that people have had about uh, you know dumping money and without any proof that works. Uh, 
somebody that maybe they're Irish, they're talking about the Bank of Ireland dumping a hundred thousand dollars on a uh, on a photo that they uh, for I guess a commercial that they were going to do, and it turned out they didn't like the uh, the photo uh, and. The problem is that nobody knows for sure what effect, if I spend $1 of advertising here, what effects they have on sales. In other areas of business, you know, if we spend a dollar, we say, you know, we spend a dollar, we got a dollar eight back. We made 8%. And we have metrics like that. But in advertising, honestly, we're guessing. Anybody ever tells you that they can prove to you that advertising works, they're almost always going to be wrong. There are certain examples where like an online company, a dot-com, can advertise and the number of people that go to their website quadruple or quintuple or 10 times or 100 times. And, uh, and then you can say, okay, well, that's, that's success. But for the stuff that we buy every day, most of the stuff that we see, it's not really a possible to tell the relationship between advertising expenditures and sales. And then, of course, once you have sales, then you have a percent certain uh, profit margin, and that tells you how much money we spent, invested, and how what return we got. And nobody was able to do that. And that's why I think there's a lot. It's very possible for sub-optimization to go on for a long period of time. And I really feel like many of the companies that are advertised television are sub-optimally spending money. Uh, in marketing by focusing on television when it doesn't work. Now, if you're advertising sports, you're advertising to older people for healthcare products, that's a different story. But I'm talking about your typical advertisements that are on the, the nightly network shows that the targeted towards the demo group. I just don't, I, I, I really feel like that many companies, the gray hairs running them, are not making good decisions. They're, that's a, that they're wasting a lot of money. And as long as people are willing to pay money for ads, don't people, they're not going to change. Now, when, when the money starts to go down or one of the advertisers starts to insist, look, we don't want to pay for ads. We want to pay for product inserts. And we want to show that doesn't have ads. And we're willing to sponsor that. And we're willing to get behind that if you make everybody on Hawaii Five O drink Budweiser's. And that Budweiser's are prominent. There's two or three scenes every show where they're doing Budweiser. Uh, and we'll get behind it and we'll pay for those ads. We'll do that. And then you have shows without ads. When there's shows without ads, it's very easy for people to sit there and watch. Uh, you know, if you watch people that flip channels, every now and then maybe they get bored. But most of the time, they're flipping channels because of the commercial break. And they're leaving the show because of the commercial break. Uh of course, the amount of money that they make from the embeds has got to be commensurate with what they make now from 18 minutes of advertising. But it's only when people say, no, we're not going to pay that much. Now, we saw this happen, this no, we're not going to pay that much. We saw this happen in the dot-com boom. I mean, companies were getting $25 per thousand impressions, something like Yahoo, at the height of the dot-com era, right around the year 2000. And then all of a sudden, somebody says, you know, nobody's paying any attention to those pop-up ads. Nobody's watching pop-up ads. Uh, and, and then somebody smart said, well, how can we pay $25 per thousand impressions when the pop-up ads don't work and the rates fell and they fell and they fell and they fell and they you know they couldn't sell at the after the bus they couldn't sell pop-up ads for a dollar an impression 
much less $25 an impression. I think you're going to have to see something like that happen before the marketing changes. And we may have, you may end up seeing uh, embeds. Uh, you may also see stuff that they do like in the soccer games uh, or the baseball games where they have the outfield screens or in the soccer games they have the different advertisers scrolling. So you may have to give up part of your picture. I mean, if we have a 40-inch or 50-inch widescreen high-definition television, uh, you can put a lot of stuff in there and still scroll Snickers across the top. Maybe that's what's going to happen. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, the, the, uh, the, the issue of having, uh, uh, like in the soccer, because this in, in soccer, they, they don't do barbaric things like break for commercials, like they do in the American sports. They market by having, you know, the, the advertisers during the game. Of course, the people are watching it during the game. Uh, it's very low-level advertising. It's name recognition only. I mean, you can see the name ING or you see the name Samsung or one of the other companies, uh, and they all they are is kind of sponsoring it, and it's very low-level, but it's, it, you know, it's not like a 30-second traditional ad that's got all the, you know, the cute things in it and everything. It's very low-level type stuff, but uh, it's not, I, I really believe that that's what, companies are going to go to a combination of that and other things and they're not and there's not going to be now the other issue is what about that we that I wanted to talk about was what's going to happen with regard to Netflix and other content providers I mean the price of Netflix stock is dropping like a stone one of the problems they have is something called diminishing marginal returns imagine if you you get a Netflix account and and you look at their streaming content and you watch the best show on there for you, whatever the best show on there, best movie, best television show, best, whatever the best comment is that they have. Now, once you watch that, then you go and you look for the second best thing. And then the best thing is no longer available. It's, it's, it's a sunk cost. You don't have it anymore. Then you look for the second best thing. And then you look for the third best thing. And after several months, you're down to the 40th best thing. And maybe the 40th best thing on Netflix is not very good because what Netflix has is they have a few really good things and then everything behind that is old, stale stuff. Uh, if those of you that have Netflix accounts, uh, you know, I, I know because I've talked to my brother who has an account, I've talked to him about this. Uh, go in there and after... Uh, uh, and, and look for, you know, look up the best movies. Get Ro Roger Ebert's best movies and see how many of those are streamed. You know, the, the top 10 movies that, that he liked every year for the last 20 years. And out of that 200, how many are on Netflix? Now, how many of the ones on the bottom are on Netflix? I mean, I don't do that. Just do, how many of those top shows are on Netflix? How many of the top shows that people like to watch of television shows are on Netflix. How many? What percentage? Uh, they have certainly seems like my brother said they got a lot of stuff that was on for like one season and then it was canceled. Well, there's a re if something was on for one season and it was canceled, there's usually a reason for that. People don't it, it wasn't very good or people didn't like it very much. Now I'm kind of the opposite. If I really like something, it's sure to get canceled. If a show comes out and I really like it, it's almost certain to be canceled. Uh, because I and if it's a if I hate it or think it's stupid then everybody else is going to like it. Two and a half men, I can't, you know, it's just so stupid to me. Uh, so 
you know, I, with Netflix, what they have is they're caught in this trap where they, they, don't, they can't afford to go out and pay huge amounts for content because all these other people are trying to get content. And what you have is essentially like an arms race for content. And that, you know, where there's, it's like everybody is building these nuclear weapons for content uh, where they want to have strict content, they want to wall everybody off, and they want to have all this exclusive content. But when you do that, how much money can you spend for that in a situation where you every time somebody, you know, you get new good content on, people watch that, and it's no longer available. And once people get to the 40th best thing on Netflix, then they don't like anything anymore. You know, there's a point for everybody where I, they can watch the, the top 30, the top 40, the top 50. If you have your subscription for three months, you probably get to 40. If you have your subscription for six months, you're down to the best. You're, you've watched the best 100 things on Netflix, and now you're looking at, okay, the 101st thing on Netflix, and you're saying, this, this isn't any good. There's nothing else any good on here, and I'm going to cut it. Unless they come up with new content all the time. And it's very expensive for them to get new. It's going to be more and more expensive for them to get new content because of this nuclear arms race that's going on. I've got about two minutes left. I haven't had many questions this time. Uh, people have been commenting and about using couponing and stuff like that. I think for small local businesses, uh, couponing makes sense. Although there are some issues I will do. A, uh, I, I have a module that I did for my students on uh, extreme couponing and the show Extreme Couponing. I, I actually want to talk about couponing. I think it, because of the academic calendar, uh, every, everything goes into dormancy. We have finals next week and things go into dormancy. We won't be back until uh, next August. But uh, I, I will definitely do a show on couponing and talk about this uh, uh, and, and talk about this. And then I've, I've got somebody that uh, doesn't like marketing research uh, and marketing researchers. And the, the thing I, I definitely, I encourage my students to go into marketing research. Marketing research is going to be a hot new field, uh, particularly for those of the, those students that speak another language. Uh, marketing research is going to be really big. If you speak Arabic, Chinese, uh, or some uh, 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 one of the other Spanish, Portuguese. Marketing research is going to be one of the hot new things. And the honest truth is that, that the, uh, we Americans are the best in the world at that. Uh, we're the best marketing researchers in the world. Uh, there's a few. I've, I've got a student that uh, this semester that, that got into the University of Texas Arlington's uh, marketing research program and to get, to get a master's in marketing research there. Marketing researchers provide a lot of value. Uh, and I, uh, so Tanya, I definitely disagree with uh, the, 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 uh, the argument that they don't provide any value. Uh, I, send us an email if you have any questions, and I'll try to stay in touch with people uh, over the summer break. Uh, uh, have a nice day, everybody. We're going to cut off here in about 10 seconds, and uh, we'll see you again when school starts back up in August.